This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hello, and welcome to Flourish with me, Tiffany Boyd. This is a podcast where we explore what it means to live with intention. I'm a mom to three beautiful boys, a wife, a friend, an entrepreneur, and so many other things. When my dad passed, I made a commitment to myself to live with intention. For years afterwards, I struggled with discovering what that meant. I felt uncomfortable giving myself permission or even figuring out how to honor that. What I do know and believe is that where attention goes, energy flows. This show will explore what it means to live with intention, seek to inspire you, and bring practical tools through stories and interviews that you can use to change your own life. Thank you for joining me and this wonderful community of women as we raise our vibration, honor ourselves, and live intentionally. and welcome back to the Flourish podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to live with intention. And today on the show, we have a guest that literally manifested before I even had the chance to start the process. We have been looking as a community for a great financial expert for some time or wanting. And I was about to initiate the process to look and who pops into my inbox, but Amy LaLiberté. And she is here today to talk about everything money. And this is such an important topic for so many reasons. It's a topic that we avoid, particularly as women. It's something that we all need to understand. We all use. And at the end of the day, in my belief that money is just a currency that we assign a value to. It's energetics, an energetic currency. And the more that we can dive in and understand, the more we can take the power back. And so I am so pleased to welcome Amy. And now Amy is the owner of My Virtual CFO. She's a trusted profitability advisor to six and seven figure business owners who are tired of being behind in their books and ready to uncover blind spots course correct, and ultimately get more profitable. That sounds amazing. Amy also is a certified life and money coach and works with business owners who seek greater confidence and unwavering drive to attract and build wealth in their business and lives. And after working in nonprofit and finance for over 16 years, helping more than 75 business owners since starting her own business, Amy knows how important it is to have steadfast trust in the person you're looking in the person looking after your books. Amen to that. And welcome, Amy. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Amy, why don't you just start us off with letting us know a little bit about you and your story and how you became a money expert and virtual CFO. All right. So um, to start, I am 43. And so I want to tell you that I have 43 years of experience with uh, having a relationship with money, as do everyone who is listening to today. And so for me, my story goes all the way back to like my very early, like beginnings, largely because I always had this curiosity about money. I have no idea where it like manifested from. It was just that 
for whatever reason, I always thought money was something that was super important and something I needed to pay attention to. So things I would do as a kid would be like, I would take my parents like blank checks and write myself like checks and stuff like that, which they did not like because they were actually like checks and they didn't want me to do that, but I did it anyway. Um, you know, where there was a lot of, um, a lot of people that wanted like toys, like kids wanted toys, like cabbage patch dolls and GI Joes and Barbies. Um, I wanted a safe to put my money in. Um, I used to clip coupons cause I was like, oh my God, this is money. So like, I always had this like very, in like very curious, like this, this heightened curiosity around it. And I loved transacting. I loved like just all of it. I loved working. I loved earning money. And I just thought it was so much fun. And then 18 came along and life for me changed. My parents' marriage had ended and like the financial situation that I found myself in as a very, very young adult just dramatically changed. I ended up being responsible for paying for my college education. Um, and I had no idea about like, like basic financial literacy. So like student loan debt, any of that stuff, I had no clue. And I sought out to figure it out. And so that's really where the relationship with money really, it was like sort of this flirting that happened all through my youth. And then it was like, okay, I really need to learn how to do this. Made lots of mistakes along the way. But by the time I was like 22, 23 years old, I had a very solid relationship with money. And I had principles that I still carry with me through today as a 43 year old. And I built my um, entire professional career having a relationship with money, working with people to create relationships with money in the sense to create transformative um, philanthropy with colleges and universities, as well as just building profitability, building intentional money goals for themselves in their business. And so that sort of is like, I, I feel like money, I was destined to have money in my life in terms of a professional career. And so my goal today, um, moving forward, is just to help business owners create that intentional relationship with money. I love all of this. And I especially love that you asked for a safe as a child instead of <laughs> dolls. And I um, didn't get it though either, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have as many safes as you want now. I do. So, so for somebody who is just starting out and maybe they've avoided money or they're in debt, or they don't even know what their finances are, where does somebody start? Yeah. So I, so I want to give you like, like really actionable things to do. And I also want to give you like more of the like mindset stuff, because it's not like if you do this one, this one will take care of itself. It's almost, it's very much a hybrid approach. And it has like, my thought is this is work that belongs together and that you need to do together in order to get the best results that you desire within yourself. And so from like an actionable standpoint, if you are a person who is out of relationship with money, what really needs to happen, if you're a business owner, then you need to start looking at your bank accounts. Even if that is all you do, you look at them and you just see what's there. That's great. If you're someone who's working and maybe doing a business as a side hustle, really getting an understanding of like, how much money are you really taking home? And really just like looking at your pay stuff and then like from the side hustle, like what is that business generating? So like very basic, quick action stuff. And then I'll tell you what you can do after that in one second. On the other side of it, the mindset stuff, so much of like the avoidance of the money has to do with a story that your brain has 
curated and developed and is like just sitting on repeat for you that you may not even have awareness around. So, um, so really starting to understand and asking yourself questions, like, what do I think about money and really just writing down those, those money thoughts that you have and know that like, they're not going to be like money is evil, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it could be that, but it could also be like money. Um, you know, I enjoy having money or like I'm bad at money and all that. And know that there's going to be like almost dissonance in like each one of those statements. And the purpose of it is so that you can just get it all out. And what's going to happen is you're going to write a lot of thoughts and then your brain's going to like seize up on you and be like, okay, we're done. And you're like, what else do you got for me? What else do you have for me? And then just keep going and keep going. There will be money situations that will start to come up into your awareness that you haven't thought about or even considered were significant. And that's what that practice is going to do. Because again, the goal here is to create awareness around your thoughts around money, because your thoughts are what create your feelings with, which drives your actions. So it's that thought feeling action line that's going to create your results. And that is sort of where the game starts and where you are in the game to develop the relationship. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And I couldn't agree more of that whole cycle. And you need to understand what those limiting beliefs are before you can start to replace them or understand where those patterns are showing up. So what are some strategies to say, we'll start now just on the personal level and we'll move more into the business side in a moment, but what are some strategies for people that want to get out of debt? And on the flip side, what are some strategies for people that want to start to save and create wealth? What what does that spectrum look like? Do you do them both at the same time? Do you focus on one? I think people get so confused. They don't know where to start. Yes. And so, so one of the things that I, I, I know that, that people might be like, just give me the recipe and I will execute it. Or I will at least be feel like, okay, now I have the plan. And what I want to invite you to do is what I'm going to, what am I going to recommend that you do may not resonate with you. And that is totally fine. What the intention of everything that I want to share with you about is for you to take this information and, and, and apply it as it works for you in your life and in your circumstance. So in terms of like the debt, one of the things that I would do is find a, you could, you could just do this on like a spreadsheet or you can use an app. Um, one of the apps that is free that I use um, with my clients is an app called Unbury Me. And basically you're going to put down every single one of your debts. It, you know, like I would start with the credit card debt first, all of the credit cards that you have, what the interest rate is and what the balance is and what the minimum payment is. You're going to write all of that down. If you are someone who has multiple credit cards and are carrying a lot of credit card debt, I'm sure that you are going to have feelings of shame and embarrassment and wanting to avoid it. I invite you to think this thought money is neutral. These are just numbers. This does not mean anything about you or your worthiness. Doesn't mean that you are a mess when it comes to money. These are just numbers. These are just like numbers that you're just collecting in order to get to a bottom number. So we're going to do that. Then we're going to turn around and think about any other sort of debt items. So student loans, if that's something that you have, capture that. If you have a mortgage, write that down. So anything like an auto loan, you're going to write all of that down on this spreadsheet. And then what you're going to do is then create another spreadsheet and talk about all of your dreams and goals. Like what are all of them? 
Are you someone who wants to create three months of savings in your, like your personal expenses, anything and everything? Do you want, or do you want to go on this like amazing vacation? Do you want to buy yourself a car? Do not limit yourself to what those intentions are in terms of saving. So get all of that out on paper. And then what you want to do is start to decide, like, where are these priorities? Not based on what people from the external world are telling you what you should prioritize, but more of like, what aligns with you? There are people that I work with that are completely fine with the debt that they're carrying, even though it's carrying interest and all of that stuff is happening. They're deciding that they are going to like, they have a strategy in place for their debt. And we're going to chart the course that way. And we're going to stay focused on making sure that their self-care is fully managed, which may mean that they're spending more money and, and, or they might be saving money for things like to go on this, like amazing vacation. There is no judgment. Please do not judge yourself in this process. So once you do that, like that's sort of the strategy. And then from there, then you get to decide like, okay, if I have a thousand dollars left over a month to make decisions on this, what feels most aligning? And I would also say that like, this is something that I always say is like writing in pencil. It may be this big priority for you to pay down like this one credit card and then you're going to get that done. And then maybe you want to turn your priority into like, you know what, I want to fund my retirement account, but just be kind to yourself and, 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 and just feel into the experience and don't be so don't use these like strategies of retirement, of paying down debt and all of that as like a weapon to use against yourself. Just be an intention with yourself, be an intention with the money and make decisions from that place. I love that. I love how much you're honoring the intentionality. And I think it is just that because it isn't a one size fits all, but it's the choice to actively choose and then execute and to be flexible with yourself. And I love money is neutral. I feel like that just bears repeating. We mm-hmm. charge it with our own judgment and our own values around it. But as soon as we can get to the place of seeing money as neutral, it's so much easier to work in and play with. Mm-hmm. So how about the wealth side or the You know, one of the things that the people I work a lot with are striving towards is creating a life where they are financially independent. What does that mean to you and how do people get there? Yeah. So my definition of financially independent is going to differ from, from yours and from any member of your audience. And so for me, it's really defining, like answering this question, like what is enough for me now? And so what does that look like for me? And so I have like, you know, what are my revenue goals? I am, I am someone who is very easily able to jump on the hustle bandwagon because I know how to activate it and I know how to overwork. I mean, I can, I've written the manual and then some for that, but I intentionally choose not to. And I choose to make really intentional decisions that are based on other things like, okay, this is how much money. I want to bring into my household in order to create these results that my household has. These are the things that I want to do in my business. And again, I feel like that's sort of like the financial independence is like, number one, the raw honesty that you have with yourself, the ability to have your own back and to love yourself unconditionally, but then also to have those tangible numbers in place. And then also be able to say, 
this is the plan that I'm going to execute to create these results. And I am able to then turn around and say, okay, I might change my mind here. I might want to do this. I want to do that. So that like that check-in piece of it. So again, financial independence, I know that maybe some people are like, just tell me how much money. I don't think I can define that because how I define it is very different than anyone else has, um, anyone else would. And that's totally fine. But it's like really asking yourself, like, what is it that you desire? And just giving yourself the space to really, really feel into that. And I think what that uncovers is how you then attach the the, the money currency amount, if you will. And then the financial independence is like creating those results for yourself, but doing it from that space. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. I love that definition. And I love how it leaves space for people to be empowered into creating and defining that for themselves. I just love it. So what, as you were talking, what was coming up for me is that I think as women step into their power and they step into owning this aspect of life and living, which is really in many ways, a new construct and paradigm shift for women in the last several decades, I would say before that women didn't even know what the finances were. So I also wanted to give space and healing and acknowledge that in many ways, this is new, uh, in, in history. And so it makes sense that it's a learning curve, but as you're stepping into this and you're trying to negotiate and navigate, perhaps in a family setting, either with a partner or with your kids, how do you navigate that in a way where you're making decisions with someone else? Or you're trying to also empower your children to own and create these values. What are some of your strategies or tips around that? Sure. So for me, what like what, what I do in my household is the following. So my husband and I, we've been married. It'll be 20 years in October. It's been a while. So what I like, what we do is we have a very open relationship when it comes to money. Like we share like our, like, you know, we have one checking account that all of our money goes into. We have like, we have like, okay, this is our goal for retirement. So we have our priorities in place. And then we also have understandings of like, what is the, what is the type of like amount purchase? What is the highest amount purchase that we can make where there's like, like, we're not going to check in with each other. It's just, it's fine. We're just going to do the thing. So we have, like, we already know what that number is. Anything that's above that we have conversations around. We also have ideas around, like there are projects that we want to do around the house but we have maybe differences of opinion as to like, which is the priorities. So we make sure that we have those two things in place. So it says, okay, we want to like complete the backyard. Um, Okay. So how much is that going to be? What is like, what are the things we want? And then really then like having the vision, setting the vision and then like saying, okay, how much are we willing to pay in terms of money for that vision? And then we start to say, okay, now we're going to start looking at like, you know, how we're going to create that. Are we going to call the contractors and all that and get all that done and then see where that leads us. But again, like making decisions around that, whereas like we already have like set priorities. So like for us, retirement, 
is like a priority for us. So we already know what our, what our annual numbers are. And it's like, okay, we're just on rinse and repeat. We're, we're proceeding. The next thing is we have three kids. One of them is a junior in high school and she will be like, and it's like, are we where we want to be in order to like help her pay for her college education? Okay. Are we, or are we not? Okay. Move on. Next one. We keep going down the list until we're at the point where it's like, did we check everything off the list? There you go. So that's how we work together in terms of like our partnership. I know that there are couples that like, you know, they might share like a household expense account and they like manage their money separately. Um, I think, again, it's really just, does it work for you? Does it work for your relationship? And just honoring that part of it is what I would recommend. I just shared what I did because that's just how we we've decided to manage our finances. When it comes to our kids, all of our kids have their own separate accounts. All of our kids have um, money that you know is gifted to them. My oldest um, has income from from working, and essentially, we say, "Listen, you are welcomed to do whatever you want to do with your money after the following." And it's like, "Did you save your money? Do you have a savings account?" And it's like for us, our value is just creating a nest egg for the future, like. Helping your future self is something that we're really um, uh, like we want to instill that value on it because we want them to know, especially in this culture with this generation of children, I feel like there's this whole like instant gratification. I mean, like, you know, my son plays video games and he can just like download something and like poof, it's there. Like they don't even have to wait. Um, So it's just more of like trying to like instill that like there's no rush, there's no hurry and, and work on that. And then um, the other thing is that, you know, they use their money to buy gifts for their friends, for their family members, like they pay for that so that it also is teaching them in a very um, friendly way, like budgeting, making choices. Like if you want to spend $20 to buy this gift for your friend, like, amazing, love all your reasons for it, but know that that's your money. Those are your decisions. Those are your choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is that particularly for my daughters, although my son is like a math whiz, so he loves all of this. I'm very transparent about my business financials, particularly with my two daughters. And so I show them my financials because I really think it's important to show young women the capacity that can be created and, and to show them that there is options outside of like a nine to five job, not that there's anything wrong with a nine to five job, but I think that creating your own money through a business is a skill that I think more women need to be involved in and to be able to create, um, whatever financial goal they have based on like what they want to have and create in their life. I feel like I want to be an example of what's possible for them. So I'm very like, Hey, this is what I have. Here you I go. love that. I love that so much. I feel like there is this fine balance in raising children. I was reflecting on this today. We've got three kids too. And as I was preparing, I was thinking about, you know, this concept of money mindset and some of the programming that we inherit as young kids. And you certainly want to impart this notion that money is neutral, but also that, you know, there is an infinite potential for you to earn and that you can be abundant, but there's a corresponding um, responsibility and ownership factor. And instilling that, I think, is a piece that we sometimes forget in our current culture. And that, um, you know, 
supporting people to become responsible and make good decisions, and even the math associated with managing your finances, I think is one of the most underrated uh, skills Mm -hmm. that we do not teach in our current system that Mm -hmm. is just a massive gap because Mm -hmm. many of us don't even know how to balance things or how to understand our net worth or how to understand our debt ratio. And then you've got women stepping into these positions of wanting to take on entrepreneurship opportunities, but it's often the money side where they really struggle. And so if you're, if you're a woman without sort of that, um, that background and that expertise in money, and you're starting a business, what Mm -hmm. is some of the advice that you'd impart on someone starting out, or maybe that's already in it and just needs help? Like, what do they do? Where do they reach out? What are the things they need to start with? Yeah. So I would say like the first thing is, is that in the business creating a money system and the invitation to not to think about the setting up of the financial money system, not from the place of where you are today, if you're just starting out, or maybe you're, um, you're bringing in, let's say that you're bringing in a thousand dollars a month and you might have a thought of like, um, I'm not big enough yet to do this. I want to invite you to like, step into your future self, even if it's just for like a hot minute and make the decision to build the money system that is representative of someone who is like a fully involved business owner who has their own back financially. And that is the one thing. And and this is like, I see this with women. I also see this with men in terms of business. They do not get into business because they're really excited about like bookkeeping, categorization, financial planning. Like I get it. Like that's why I got into it. That's not what they did, but that's why I'm there to support. So if you're able to then create that money system, and this is what I mean specifically by it, you are, you have a business account. You are not commingling your personal and your business financials, um, that you are really intentional about drawing that line, but you have a bookkeeping system. And what I mean by that, I do not mean that you have a spreadsheet. Please don't use a spreadsheet. The reason why is the future version of yourself is not using a spreadsheet to track their financials. They're not. They're using like a like a full-fledged bookkeeping system. So get yourself in that. And then turn around and like take ownership of your financials. The other thing that I see with new business owners is they're so quick to abdicate the responsibility for the financial tasks. And again, they're doing so not from a place of empowerment, but they're doing so because they're abdicating it because they feel powerless, that they don't know what they're doing. And they don't feel like they have a grasp on what it is, like what is quote unquote, the right way to do it. Get the support to get, um, to be able to execute your own money system, but don't abdicate the responsibility because you're afraid. Do so at the point where you love all your reasons and that you're ready to, because your time is better spent doing revenue generating activities. And you will know when that moment happens for me, where I see that really starts to flip is that like the six figure mark is where I say the business owners are tending to be like, okay, I'm ready to kind of hand this off, but it's after they've created that intention. Um, and so those would be the things that I would say to, to do. And then also like implementation of like profit first, which is a concept is a cash flow management concept. Um, it's a book written by Mike Michalowicz. And basically it's taking your money and then giving it and deploying it based on percentages, 
to the different categories in your business. You can even apply it to yourself personally, but really creating those um, instead of saying, okay, I've got $2,000 in my bank account. This is great. Like more than if you have like all the money allocated to various bank accounts, you're able to say like, if you're worried, like, am I going to have, have enough money for taxes? It's not going to be a problem because you have a tax account that you've like already said, this money goes in here. You've got the money for the operating expenses. You have all your bases covered so that there's never this guessing work of like, okay, I see that I have $2,000, but I have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I suspect that in order for people to get to that six figure mark and certainly the seven figure mark, the reality is it's not happening if they're not stepping into that power and that ownership and implementing a financial management system. Mm-hmm. I would say it would probably be very rare that someone just happens into a six-figure business without first owning that aspect of their work. I think it's a critical a critical step in, in progressing and growing in that way. I love that. So one of the topics... Um, that you can share about that I am so interested in, but know very little about, but actually uh, one of my financial advisors brought up to me to consider was FIRE. Can you share a little bit about what this is? Yeah. So FIRE is an acronym for, um, it's, again, we talked about this a little bit earlier, financial um, independence, retire Mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. And essentially what this is, is that you working and creating enough money so that you have it invested and so that it's all covered for you so that you're living off of the residuals of, of the investments so that, you know, again, you're going to retire forever. If, if you're able to create this like corpus of money and then just live off of the, um, the, uh, the gains, the investment gains. And um, it's a really amazing concept for someone who is like really looking to create financial freedom for like earlier than what like a typical retirement age would be. Um, And so, you know, a lot of that stems from like creating a lot of constraint around like focusing on like the debt pay down, focusing on like working in order to create the revenue and the money in order to create the investment to build, to build, to build. And it's actually leveraging this whole notion of compound interest in order to really start to drive that. It also requires, I think, a lot of intention of like prioritization of what it is that's important to you. And what I mean by that is um, making sure that you're clear on what the priorities are and what does it look like when you are retired? Are you someone who is still going to be living in a house or are you someone who's going to have a nomadic life and really just creating those intentions so that you're able to really identify and define what that dollar number is in order to retire early? Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty critical too, coming back to one of the earlier questions around preparation for retirement is it fair to say that really you pick an age and a sum and then you work backwards? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it really comes down to, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, what you're saying essentially is to reverse engineer. So if you're someone who is looking to, to retire, and again, I would even go so far before you even do what I'm about to say is like define what retirement means, because Again, I'm always so fascinated by like my husband's definition of retirement means he is not working. 
at all. <laughs> yeah. Me, I might be like, hey, I'm going to work blah, 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 blah hours. But it doesn't like the, my framework of retirement does not look like his and that's totally fine, but know what, what that is for you. So clearly define what it means to have retirement. And then I would say like, what does it look like to be semi-retired or that? And like really start to build that out because you could be in a position where maybe you're working full time right now. And maybe like your first mile marker is yes, it might take you longer to go your, to get into full retirement, but perhaps you can get into semi-retirement if you create this financial result. But again, if we start from like the end and work our way backwards, like again, really defining what that means. Like for you, it's financially um, independent and retiring. Does that mean that your mortgage is paid off? If you are someone who has a mortgage, do you have a mortgage? Do you have a house? Really defining what all those numbers are. How much do you need for your like living expenses, whether like and how those are defined. So like getting that number and then turning around and then just working on like, if I decide that I need to create this number and I get a growth rate of X, then I would need to create like, this is how much money I would need every year and divide that by 12. And, and like, that's your monthly number. And like, that's sort of like the marker that you work from. Um, and then just go from there. But I, I think one of the things that's so interesting about this movement is the fact that I think once you create the intention of that's what you're going to do, inevitably what happens is, is you start to make decisions around your life where maybe like the retirement early and how you defined it when you initially went on your journey becomes another definition. Mm -hmm. That was what my experience was. It definitely came from like, I just want to stop working altogether to no, I actually really want to like start my own business. And then it's like, okay, what does that look like? And then really letting that unfold. And then like seeing where I am now, like for us, our retirement age is 10 years from now. So I'll be 53. He'll, my husband will be 55. And I just can't believe that like, we're in that window of time at this point. And I just think, gosh, I don't even know if I, if, if that like will happen in terms of like, it will happen because we are financially like prepared, like with certainty, that is like the number that we can retire. However, we like, I don't know, like at 53 and 55, are we still going to want to retire? Mm -hmm. So really just like making the decision, creating the plan of that being the destination, but knowing that as you get closer, that might change. And that's not a problem. And deciding whether or not you want to adjust in order to like, are there things that we want to do where maybe we'll slow down on the retirement contributions? Because like, instead of us having like this vision of the backyard, as I was saying before, is this, it's going to cost this. Okay. If we turn down the retirement a little bit, we're going to be able to do that. Yeah. So like, again, making those decisions from that perspective around, yeah. Around prioritization and then being intentional and flexible within mm -hmm. that. I also love the idea that the definition may change, but what you're creating is more opportunity, potential, and flexibility, and ultimately freedom in taking the time to plan and execute in advance. One of the questions that came up a lot from listeners was around um, investment literacy, because I think this is a very scary thing for a lot of people, and particularly women. You think of Wall Street and investments and stockbrokers, mm -hmm. and you imagine a man to suit with a briefcase on Wall, Wall, Wall Street, and it just doesn't seem accessible. How important is it for women to start 
understanding investments and to start investing? I think that it is significantly important if that is a priority for you to 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 start as soon as you're able to do so. And here is why. I think that there is a lot of opportunity to have to have your money grow and there is so often um business owners, women who have like maybe they're really good at saving money, but it's not working for them. And so what I want to invite you to do is when you, when you decide to start creating a, an investment strategy, what you're doing is like, you've worked hard to create that money, that currency, right? So now you're going to make it work for you. And one of the ways in which you can do that is through like investing. Now, the one thing I want to say about that is I think it's critically important, just like, you know, when I work with my clients, I want them, like I choose them and they choose me. It's a very much a reciprocating relationship. And I think that that needs to transcend into like creating a relationship with someone who's going to help you with these sorts of investment decisions. So finding a financial planner who you feel so comfortable with that any question that your brain might be like, that is the dumbest question. Do not say anything about it that you don't even think twice. And you're not even able to discern through that, that critical filter in your like primitive brain. You're just going to ask it because the level of ease and comfort that comes with that relationship that you have. And, you know, that might be another like that might be a woman who is in fight that, that does financial planning. It might be a man. It doesn't like for me, like it's not necessarily like who this person is as much as it's like, do your values align? And do you trust this person to be able to have these very intimate financial conversations with? And when you find that partnership, that's also going to create ease and it's going to create um, intention. And it's also going to create the ability for you to make really good decisions that your money will grow and work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think it also supports people when they're struggling with accountability as well to create that support and to build that skill. So I think it's important for people to recognize that you don't have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to start. There's somebody wherever you're at and mm-hmm. The goal is to start, to start, mm-hmm. because you won't get there if you don't start. So for, for people that haven't worked with uh, somebody like yourself, like a virtual CFO or a CFO, what does that look like? What does that mean? How do you support people in their businesses? Yeah. So for me, like it all starts with the bookkeeping. So it's the really fundamental foundational stuff because we want to make sure that we have a solid foundation of the categorization. So we know, like we know your money's coming in and we know exactly the decisions that you've made in order to have it come out and where everything sits. So we have like, that's sort of like the first mile marker. And then we talk about like financial goal creation, money goal creation. What does that look like for you? And it's not just, what does it look like for your business? I feel like for the businesses that I work with, it's a combination of what is your goal? What are your goals personally? What are your goals professionally? And like getting all that on paper and then turning around and looking at like, okay, how do we prioritize these things in order to keep moving forward? And then having the relationship with money where we're reviewing the financials, we're making decisions. Like, are you scaling at a rate where we need to bring on team? 
How do we do that? How, who is the type of person that we're looking for? If you are an existing team, because I come in sometimes where businesses are already been established, they've been around They're, you know, they just, they come to me with like, I know we're doing well. I just don't understand why, like the amount of revenue we're creating isn't in our bank account. And so like, then it just like, that's really where like, I'm like, okay, this is where it's probably coming from. Like, let's unpack this and figure it out. Um, and so then also just looking at it from like, we can turn around and say, okay, X percent is being spent on payroll. But then the next layer of questioning is like, what is the utilization of the employees? Are you utilizing those employees to the fullest extent in order to really make that position is that position um, efficient, effective, and able to help you drive your goals. So it's like really starts to become super customized based on where they are in their journey and what they're looking to create. And then we just like, from there, we start to see like, okay, how do we, if this is where we're looking to be, what are all the ways that we could possibly create those results? And we throw everything on the table and then, and then we see, and we rinse and repeat and we pivot. And a lot of that is just sort of like, Business owners, if they don't have someone like me on their team, they're maybe looking at their financials, maybe four times a year. Um, but this is sort of like the creation of the, like the intention is there on an ongoing basis so that they're able to course correct and make the decisions in real time. And so it's like, it starts with the bookkeeping, but then it layers onto so much more. And then the other piece that comes with it it's just the whole mindset stuff, because when they start to have these same, like, you know, scarcity mindset, and they have like all these amazing results, and yet they're still nervous about hiring the person, we really start to dig into like, what is happening there, and really invite the invitation for transformation in the mind. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I feel like people may not realize how much of a wise investment it is and how essential it is to have a CFO on your team like yourself, it will pay itself in dividends. And I think from my perspective, both in, in my own business and um, in my husband's business, this was something that we learned, but probably the hard way. And it is transformational when you mm -hmm. hire somebody like yourself. And it is so liberating. Um, <laughs> I feel like your name is just perfect for the work that you do. <laughs> um, in terms of people that are just getting started or maybe are established, one of the things I like to ask all of my guests are what are some resources or some favorite books that you would suggest to the listeners? Yes. So I mentioned one earlier, Profit First um, by Mike McCallowitz. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, in terms of mindset stuff, I love The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, I also, there's a new book I actually just started listening to. It's called Clean Work. It's by Dan Chinars. I, I'm not 100% certain I'm pronouncing that correctly. That book is so fascinating because it's all about like, it's, well, you're in Canada, so you might be able, I'm going to butcher this. It's called Maison Place, but it's like the culinary, like, like clean work in space. And it's using that term in terms of like working clean as a like mindset to take out of like the kitchen and apply it to like a professional, like environment, work environment and into your personal life. And I just actually, like, I didn't even have that on my radar until maybe about 
three weeks ago. And I like, that's like the book, like, it's like my study. I'm studying that because like really clean workspace. I feel like that just really helps for like mental clarity and focus and really just the practice of that, the practice of like the daily shutdown and all of that. I feel like that is sort of the book. And then the other one that I love is essentialism, Mm. which is a fantastic book that really offers business owners, a invitation to like, I think that especially when you're just starting out and you're trying to figure out what lands with your, with your potential customers, you're like willing to do everything and anything. And I think that there is some like value in like the experimentation of that, but it also like, once you've kind of say, okay, I know that people are buying this service or buying this product and everything to then turn around and really just double down and constrain on that. It's like the whole notion of essentialism. Amazing. And I haven't listened or read any of these books, so I'm excited to add them all into my lineup. <laughs> and if people want to work with you or want to follow you or get a hold of you, what's the best way? So if you visit my website at myvirtualcfo.co, um, that's my, uh, my place in the virtual world. I also am on Instagram at, at my virtual CFO. Um, if, um, anyone is interested in working with me later this year, 2022, I will be launching a group program called the finance edit, which is, um, going to be a perfect invitation for anyone who is just starting out, who wants to create all of the things that I talked about today creating the money system, having the support around like the mindset, it is that container that is going to create that for you in a way that is creates the accountability for you to have the relationship with money, to learn how to, to, to do all the bookkeeping stuff, and then also be your own CFO. So that when you do hit the financial milestone that aligns with you to want to outsource it, you're doing so from a, a place of, I have, I know all of this, And I can hand it off because I like love all my reasons and there's my time can be better spent doing X rather than this. Brilliant. And I feel like you are going to have a wait list because there are so many people that need exactly that. So amazing. I can't wait to see that come out and, and share that more with the world. Thank you so much for being here. I've loved this conversation. I love everything about you. As I was saying before we jumped on, your hair, your energy, it's amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. I loved it.